You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name's Randall Beatley. I'm your host. Let's dive on in. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, we will be covering the um, the WWE draft, my thoughts on it, um, and everything that, that has come out of that. We'll go through the rosters and talk about you know all of that. We will um, be covering some other news stories as well, some smaller stuff that maybe, you know, if you're a casual fan, you maybe didn't notice, didn't pay attention to, um, and just giving, um, excuse me, my opinion on those stories. So let's uh, let's dive right in. Let's start with the first story here, which is uh, formerly known as Naomi Trinity is her name. Uh, again, known as Naomi in WWE. She debuted at the Impact Wrestling taping this past weekend. Um, the first thing I got to say is I'm, I'm happy for her. Um, but here's, here's my problem. Everyone that sort of is in sort of the IWC mode is coming out and saying, you, you don't support Naomi now. Don't support Trinity now when you didn't support her. You know, when she was in WWE. And, and, I, and I have to say this, right? Because this is another Sasha Banks situation all over again, right? Naomi feels that she is bigger than she was in the company. And so she, she bet on herself. Congratulations. She bet on herself. I applaud that. And she, she went out and she joined Impact. Good for her. But that doesn't mean that I have to necessarily cheer for her. Um, I I don't think she's all that good in the ring. I don't think she's that good on the mic. And just to be honest, she's just not all that entertaining. And so for you to come out here and sort of tell me that I have to, you know, cheer for her or or. or she, she wasn't all that important. WWE is not going to miss her. But when you say that, that's controversial. WWE is not going to miss her. WWE hasn't missed Sasha Banks since she left. Right? I'm pretty certain it's on the last thing on Triple H's list of, of worries going on in the wrestling world is whether or not the company misses Sasha Banks or Naomi. They just weren't that over. And and I, she, she, she debuted in Impact, and the crowd went mild. There was very little interest in her being there. It's not like it's the biggest move ever, but 
But what ends up happening is when a, a former WWE superstar, male or female, leaves and joins another company, the indie darlings, the, the marks, the IWC just eat that shit up and sort of be like, oh, WWE should have treated them better. Maybe they just weren't over. Y'all certainly weren't cheering for her like I was when she was winning the championship at WrestleMania 33 and, and, and at that point. Right, y'all certainly weren't cheering for her then. I was. I had merchandise. I, <laughs> I had the shirt. I, I, she was one of my favorites. But she, let's just be honest. I could say this from someone who liked her. She wasn't all that good. Long term, there wasn't any longevity. And so I don't know what her, I don't know what her complaint is. I don't know what the fans want out of me as a fan and how they want me to cheer for her. Because I only cheer for things that I enjoy. And I just didn't enjoy her run the last couple of years that she was there. Right? I liked her title run for what it was. She, she, she was always just going to be a bridge champion. She was going to get her hometown moment in Orlando. And she was always going to be that bridge champion. But that's about as far as her, as, as, as her reach went. She wasn't a long-term legitimate title holder. Right? And, and that's about as far as, as she went. She didn't have the crowd on her side. So, so, so how do you want me to feel in that situation? What, she left? You want me to feel bad that WWE... Fa- they already have too many women as it is. So when someone like that... Like, if she was still in WWE, she would be lost in the, in, in the, in the, 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 the division. She would be towards the bottom. Because there's so much good talent... Already on the main roster, and so much good talent in NXT that's about to join the mid the main roster within the next year. I mean, you think about we just had the draft, and we'll go over these rosters. But Indy Caldwell, or Caldwell, Indy Hartwell just got caught up. Alba Fire and and Isla Dawn just got caught up. Um, what was it? Zoe Stark just got caught up. Right, so, so there's a lot of people who just got caught up, but there's those aren't even the good ones, for the most part, right? Casey Canzaro, or what's her name, Kate Katana Chance is what she goes by, Katana Chance, and Caden uh, uh, Carter just got caught up. Uh, but you have Cora, you have Tiffany Stratton, you have Roxanne, all of them who still have yet to been be drafted, and. Like, like, what are we going to get out of them? Like, like when we get the Naomi, is going to be towards the bottom. So, WWE doesn't need her. Good for Impact for thinking that she's going to do something. But what happens when she's at Impact and she still doesn't get over? What happens then? Right? Is that our fault for not... Or is that her fault for not getting over with the crowd? Because at some point, you got to stop blaming people for, for, for not cheering for things that they enjoy at some point you know this is a business so you either get yourself over or you get out of the way I think it's I think it's insane to say that someone has to cheer for Naomi because she's showing up the WWE she, she's not worth it I'm be honest with you it's not that she's bad it's just she's just not over with the crowd no one cares about it Right, so then we move over to an AEW story. Now, I always have to do this when I talk about AEW. I need to preface this by saying 
I am not critiquing the the booking. I am, however, going to critique um, the the business decisions of of the company. Um, and so with that. That's what this is. So if you guys haven't been paying attention to AEW and what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, off camera, I guess on camera, on the show, uh, Britt Baker got a black eye in, in the middle of a match with, I don't know what the fuck you call it. It's Ruby, Tony Storm, and, and Soraya. Something, something happened that gave Britt Baker a black eye. Well, they took this and they made this a t-shirt because Tony Khan makes everything that happens... A t-shirt. Now, first off, if we could just discuss the t-shirt, it's not even a good t-shirt. It doesn't promote anything. It's not promoting your brand. It's literally just the face of Britt Baker with a black eye. There's no wording. There's nothing to describe what is going on. So now you're a wrestling fan. You buy the shirt, which I highly doubt people are actually going to buy this. But, But you have this shirt... If you do buy it and you're wearing it in, in, in public, now you got to take time out of your day to explain why you're wearing a shirt with a battered woman on the front of it. It's idiotic. The shirt doesn't make any sense. But now this makes mainstream news. It, it makes it on Fox News because Britt Baker's trying to sit here and defend a shirt that makes it look like she's being abused. And we know she's not, but to the mainstream audience, to the mainstream world who doesn't watch wrestling, these wrestling fans are wearing a shirt of a woman with a black eye. How does that look to the mainstream people who don't watch wrestling? How does that look? And so I've always said this. You have to market your product to the people who don't watch your product. I've always believed this. Right, because the, the fans who already watch, they're going to watch. But to the fans who don't watch wrestling, they just see a shirt of a, gir- a girl with a black eye. And what do they think? We know AEW doesn't promote abuse and, and domestic violence. But from the outside looking in, I could see how someone could say that they do. Because you're putting a shirt with uh, no, right? And now you're putting your fans who are already, for the most part, AEW fans are socially awkward. Most of them are, right? Now you're, now they're going to wear the shirt in public, and now they have to be in social situations where they have to explain the T-shirt. It's just not good business. It, uh, first off, who's buying the shirt? Who's buying the shirt? Because I know for certain, even if I did buy wrestling merch, I don't. I don't. I, I find other ways to spend money that are more important to me. I don't buy wrestling merch even for WWE. Um, who's buying this? Like, who is the target for this shirt? I don't know a single person who would buy this shirt. So, what's the point of making it? I'd understand if, like, you make one of them for storyline, but to actually sell it? That's insane. That's insane. 
to sell this shirt. And, and the fact that I've seen people who have actually, like on Twitter, I've seen people post that, oh, I've bought the shirt. Why? There's no way in the world you wear that in public. There's no way you, you, that you, you actually wear that shirt in public. If you do, you're, you're, you're a psycho. How? You're, you're, I just don't understand the, the thinking of some of these people. I just don't understand it. While we're talking AEW, let's talk about business decisions again. They made the decision of going to London and, and holding their first ever <clears throat> international event that's not in North America. So their first European event in, in Wembley Stadium. Which was a crazy decision to me when you literally own a soccer team in London. I, I, you you could have just used the stadium for free. And it's not really technically free because you could have used it for an actual another event that day. But, but you're paying Wembley Stadium when your father owns a team, Tony Khan? I get it. It's for mass appeal. You want to get as many people to watch it. Right, so they do pre-sale today, and I'm taping this on Tuesday, right, and it's going out on Wednesday, right? So they do pre-sale today, and it sells like half the stadium, which I think is good for a pre-sale. But let's like like I don't think it's that big of a feat to to say you sold out Wembley Stadium when your product is more geared to. The, the the type of fans that are going to be there, right? 90,000, 90, 90, let's just say 94,000 people, including like floor seats. I think that's good numbers, but I don't think that that's a feat when it's your first international event, European event, and you have some of, some of the most popular wrestlers in the world to to the IWC in Europe who hardly ever get to go to a show. WWE does very good numbers in Europe because they hardly go over there. So I I just don't think it's all that praiseworthy to say we sold out Wembley Stadium because I'm 100% certain WWE would sell out Wembley Stadium. I, I, I honestly think that they would. Um, I, I do, I don't think it's something that you can just say, oh, you, we sold out Wembley. Um, now I'm trying to figure out where money, what stadium money in the bank is going to be held at. Okay. So they're selling out the, or they're doing it at the O2, um, in London, which holds, if I could. I can find it. Okay, so it only holds about twenty thousand. Probably get about twenty five now. But I also think that like WWE also recognizes that they're, they they probably wouldn't do big numbers. I I think they could sell out Wembley. I just think they choose not to do, do a show in Wembley. That not asking for ninety thousand people. That's an insane amount to ask for. I I don't think AEW sells out. I just don't think it's possible. I think I think they get around sixty to seventy thousand. I just don't think that it's possible for them to actually sell that much. And if they do, it's because all of Europe is coming, 
right? It's because all of Europe and, and, and the surrounding area is making the flight. And, and don't even forget, there's going to be some Americans who go over, who, who fly to, to Europe for the week and go into London for the week and, 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 and go to the show. It's, I, I'm not going to, like, it's not me taking back statements I've said about WWE. I think they have a bigger worldwide audience. I, I'll say that. I think AEW has a bigger worldwide audience because a lot of their superstars, a lot of their roster are worldwide known who have worked the indie scene across the globe. Whereas WWE, not so much. I don't think WWE is a worldwide global leader. If, you're, if we're taking global fan base, I think we could say AEW has more global fans. But... but they're American companies. They're American products. The American audience WWE destroys in every single criteria. I just, I, I think, I think AEW doesn't sell out, but if they do sell out, it's because they are the worldwide leader. I'll go ahead and admit it. I think they have a bigger global influence in wrestling. But WWE, when it comes to the American audience, WWE is first place every single every single time. The independent scene in Europe is far more bigger than WWE is in in Europe. Because WWE goes what one trip a year to like five or six different cities. I, I just don't think that AEW has a lot of bragging to do for selling out Wembley if they do end up selling out Wembley. I just don't think it's that big of a feat because you're going to have the American audience that, that decides to go out there, but you're going to have all of Europe show up. And I think if WWE marketed it something like Re WrestleMania in Wembley, they would sell out 90,000 seats. I really think they would. So those are our stories. That's our opener. Uh, now that I have alienated the the AEW fans. <laughs> Let's jump into this draft. So the first thing I want to talk about with the draft is I hate the presentation. I hate it every single time they do this. It's the same fucking thing. We're going to list a few names where they go. We're going to do a few matches. And it's there's no reason whatsoever that they couldn't have made it a one-night event on Monday night, May 1st, where... They just make this a three-hour event where they present it like it's the, the, the NFL draft. Where you have a, a commentary team that's at a big desk, and they're talking about the picks, and you have, right? And, right, so you, first thing that confuses me is the first round, each person had two picks. That's not how rounds work. You get one pick per round in normal drafts. Unless you, like, trade for picks. Right? So, th there's no reason. Like, you can have 40 rounds. That's fine. The second thing that bothers me about the, the, the WWE draft is who the hell is making the picks? Because right? they mention war rooms, and, and, and but, but there's no GM. There's no on-screen authority. So, who's making the picks? They don't even mention this that I can recall. Who's making, like, like, it could have been so easy to put Adam Pierce in a GM role and then find another person that could be on stage as a GM 
who could be GM of that brand. Like, it could have been just as easy as, you know, hey, Road Dog's the <laughs> the GM of Raw. And he could be the on-screen talent or, or, or whatever, right? You could find someone that's backstage that could be the GM. Even if it's just, hey, uh, me, Triple H. I'm the authority figure of SmackDown. Or I would prefer, let Adam Pearce go to SmackDown. Let Triple H be the authority figure of Raw. Because that's where his precious title is now. Right? And that would have been perfectly fine. Right? So, the presentation of the draft just really irritated me. Because we need to, like, you just came off of the W, excuse me, you just came off of the NFL draft. And you're about to go into the NBA draft and the NHL draft here in the next month or two. And in the middle of that now, you have a WWE draft that looked unprofessional as hell. Right? It's not believable. At the end of the day, it literally just looked as if you scrambled up the roster backstage before the show went on. And now you're trying to just sort of tell me that picks are being made. None of it made sense to me. And and then we like throw in like, hey, so-and-so negotiated his contract to where he's a free agent. Why wouldn't you announce that till after the draft is over? Like, because technically, like, everyone's a free agent. But Omos on Saturday became a free agent when there was still another day of the draft. Like, why wouldn't you just wait to announce that Omos had negotiated to be a free agent till after Monday's show? A lot of the stuff just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, we're going to proceed through here. We're going to go through the roster. All right, so let's start with Monday night. Now, this is not an order of how they were drafted. Um, this is just the order how I found them online. So let's start with Monday, with, or excuse me, let's start with Raw. This is going to be Raw's roster now. We're going to p- look at who is the stronger roster. So we'll look at Raw. You have Rhea Ripley. You have Gunther. You have Indy Hartwell. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Liv Morgan and Raquel Raquel Rodriguez. So you technically right now have five champions on your brand. I'm assuming Indy's losing the NXT title at uh, NXT Women's Championship at some point. Um, I'm assuming that's what will happen. Um, we'll see. Again, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so this is recorded before NXT was on tonight, well, maybe we'll see something happen on NXT where Indy's supposed to give up the title, right? But So we continue on, the non-champions on on the brand. You have Cody Rhodes, Becky Lynch, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura, The Miz, Seth Rollins, Imperium, which is Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. You have The Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian, Dominic to go along with Rhea, right? You have Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Trish Stratus, because for whatever reason you had to draft Trish Stratus. Why could she not just be a free agent? Like, why draft Trish Stratus if there's no long-term plan? Like, unless you have long-term plans for her, and by long-term I mean like the next year, is there really any reason to have her as a draft pick? Right? You go on, you get Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. 
Braun Strowman and Ricochet. You get Bronson Reed, Alpha Academy, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, Johnny Gargano, Los Lotharios, which I can't even think of what those guys' names are. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, or do you think they just go by Angel and Humberto right now? If, if I remember correctly. Either way, but you get Akira Tozawa, Piper Niven, Zaya Lee, Tegan Knox, Emma Riddick Moss. I like to see that he's going by Riddick Moss now instead of Madcap Moss. That was a stupid-ass name. Indus Sheer, which is an NXT call-up, Jinder Mahal, Veer, and, and Sangha, which is how they should have debuted Veer to begin with. So Veer was sort of like by himself. He debuted for a few weeks, then he left. He showed up at NXT with Sangha, and then Jinder showed up, and now they're caught up on the main roster, which is how it should have happened. To begin, end this year might be a, a crazy tag team that might get some push going on. You got Odyssey Jones, which is an NXT call-up, which is surprising that he's called up because he wasn't on NXT all that very, very much. He wasn't on TV on NXT, and when he was, he was losing. So unless that's his plan, unless that's their plan that they just need another guy to lose, I don't know why you call Odyssey Jones up. You get the Viking Raiders, Eric Ivar and Valhalla, Candice LeRae, Dexter Loomis, which completes the fullness of Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Dexter, and Indy Hartwell that they had in, in uh, NXT. You have the maximum male models, Marseille, Mansois, and Maxine Dupree. You have Natalia, Apollo Crews, Chelsea Green, Sonia Deville, Zoe Stark, and JD McDonough. Which is a so that's a pretty decent roster. I'll be honest with you. That's a you have a strong uh you have a strong top of the roster with um Gunther, uh Rhea. Um, you have Cody, Becky, Drew, Seth Rollins, right? So that we don't have a world champion yet, but it, it appears like we will. So we look at this roster and we look at the men on this roster. I mean, there's like three people that make absolute sense to be in the picture for the world heavyweight championship that they're going to crown at, at, uh, is it Clash of Champions or Night of Champions? I don't remember. They change the name so fucking often. Um... But Cody Rhodes makes sense. Drew McIntyre makes sense. Seth Rollins makes the most sense. And maybe someone like Shinsuke. Um, I wish they gave us some idea of how they were going to crown the, the person who was going to win it. Uh, but I've been hearing rumors that it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for this title. Which will be insane. It would be insane. Um, I also hope that Imperium wins the tag team champions off of Kevin and Sammy at some point. Um, they deserve a run, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, Gunther should remain Intercontinental Champion, right? So let's move over. I think that that's a strong roster. You also have a very good mid-card of, like, Bronson Reed and... Um, and uh, Miz, Matt Riddle, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like your women's division. I got I got something to say about the women's division that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, 
let's move on to SmackDown's roster real quick. Now, their roster's a little bit smaller, but it's also made up of, a, like, a little bit more people. You also got to understand that Raw's three hours, so they need more people. All right, so let's go through here. You got Roman Reigns, of course. Bianca Belair, Austin Theory. So there's your champions. Of course, you also got Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, which, as we mentioned, are the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. They're on this brand. But then you add Solo Sokoa, Street Profits, Edge, Bobby Lashley, the OC, which is AJ Styles, uh, Meechin, Luke Gallows, and Carl, Carl Anderson. You have Damage Control, Charlotte Flair, the Uso, so the Bloodline are over here, right? I don't know why they separated them. The LWO made up of Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild, and Selena Vega. You have Asuka, the Brawling Brutes, Seamus Butch, and Ridge, Karrion Cross, and, and Scarlet, LA Knight, yeah, I'm sorry, he should be on Raw, I'm just going to be completely honest, LA Knight should be on Raw, he should be in the match to crown for World Heavyweight Champion, um, LA Knight needs to be champion, right, you get Shotzi, Rick Bugs, you get Pretty Deadly, a good, good tag team caught up from NXT, Cameron Grimes and NXT call up Tamina, Hit Row, which is Top Dollar, B Fab, and Ashante the Adonis, Lacey Evans, and probably my biggest and favorite draft pick, Grayson Waller, is on SmackDown. Um, so the first thing I'll say is star power wise, SmackDown's got the better roster. SmackDown's got the better roster. You have Roman Reigns, you have Bianca, you have the Usos, you have the Street Profits, um, you have Charlotte, uh, you have LA Knight who's a bigger bigger star. I, I just think that there's more star power on SmackDown. Um, theory is could, could be considered sort of a star. Now there's less people. Um, I also think Raw's got more women, like, by a long shot, on their roster. Um, and so what I also recognize is of the women's tag teams, right, there's only two on SmackDown's roster. You have Damage Control and you have Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. And so here's my question. Is Damage Control breaking up? But the second question is, is Raw going to be the home... Of the women's tag team division. Because what I could see happening is Alba Fire and Isla Dawn tonight. I'm Again, I'm recording on Tuesday. They're fighting in a tag team championship match against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Which now just got drafted to Raw. So, the question being is, is the titles going to shift? And if they do, does that mean that maybe like Raquel and Liv fight Katana and and Kaden in a sort of unification match? Or is there going to be a match at Night of Champions sort of where Isla Dawn and Alba Fire fight to unify and, and Raquel and Liv? When it, like, like, is Raw going to be the home of the women's tag team division? And the way I look at it, I think it should be. You have more time. to, to put, You need time to fill, and I think that's a good... 
But you have all the tag teams. Look at the tag teams in the women's division that are on Raw. You have, of course, Katana Chance, Caden Carter. Um, you have Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. You have Ronda and Shayna. And you could technically make a team if they want to do it storyline-wise out of Candice and Indy. Bring back that tag team. Um, and you could technically, if I don't know if they're going to keep it a team or not, but Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, that could be a, a team. That's a legitimate team. They did very well together in, in their match at Mania. Or were they in? I think they were in the Mania match. I don't fully remember. But the match either to qualify for Mania or the match at Mania, I don't remember. They did pretty well together. Um, and so you have the potential of having a main car champion over there with which is Rhea Ripley and then having your secondary title just be the women's tag team title and then over on SmackDown have like a second title which is sort of like an intercontinental type title that you could put on someone like a Shotzi or a Lacey Evans um now the question is is what do you do with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn the question is are trades allowed because could you imagine trading Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, say, for a um, for like a Zoe Stark? I think that would be a good trade. Um, and, of course, I think Damage Control is going to break up soon. And so that's three more women that could challenge for the, the title against Bianca. Um, I just, I, is that, that's, that's just my question. Is that what will happen? Um, then we got to talk about, we have free agents. So Brock Lesnar is a free agent. He could like, so these free agents can show up on any brand. You have Brock Lesnar, you have Omos, Baron Corbin, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Elias, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, NXT call-up Von Wagner, and NXT call-up Zion Quinn. Um, So instantly, Zion Quinn um, should be on on a roster. He's he's fantastic. Um, Now, part of me thinks that what's going to happen is these guys are going to have to earn like a roster spot um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, or then you got guys like Lesnar who, you know, they're not going to put on a brand. He's just going to show up wherever he wants. Um, yeah, so I, I don't understand the whole free agent thing. I think the rosters are pretty evened out. Um, I, I do like SmackDowns a little bit more. I think it has a little bit more star power to it. My question is, is you don't have a tag champion over there. So So the bigger questions that I have is, how are we going to do these championships? Because you have... We, we, we're creating a new world title, but what about the tag team champion? Because the tag teams over here now are just going to feel useless. Unless, the, you know, unless after Backlash, when the rosters take place, they create a new tag championship. Um, which will be pretty cool because you can have, like, the Usos, the LWO, the OC, the Street Profits, uh, Hit Row... 
That's five. And then pretty deadly could be six. You could have like a six-way tag match. Or you can do like a tournament of, you know, to create a triple threat, six-man tag for the titles. Or you could do something along that line. Um, I don't even think that uh, the Usos will be a part of that, to be honest with you. I think it could be something where like it's the Street Profits versus Hit Row versus Pretty Deadly or something, right? Um, yeah, I think both rosters are actually pretty even out. I don't think that there's one that's that far ahead of the other. Um, I just don't like the draft format. I don't. I wish that they would just they, they would present it to be better. I also try to figure out, like, why is there more women on Raw? Like, there's hardly any women on, on SmackDown. Maybe it's because, like, most of them are in tag teams. Um, if you look at the women, though, like, honestly, you have Lacey Evans, Tamina, Shotzi, Zelina, which is in a tag team and doesn't really fight all that much. So, so f- of fighting women, right, you have Lacey Evans, Tamina, Shotzi, Asuka, Charlotte, Albafire, and Isla, uh, Isla Dawn, which are a tag team. You have Bailey, Dakota, and EO, which are a, a tag team. And then you have Bianca, which is technically 11 women. I guess that's a lot. But then you come over the Raw, and you have Rhea, Indy, Liv, Raquel, Becky, Trish, Ronda, Shayna, Katana, Kaden, Dana, Nikki, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, Zia Lee, Tegan Knox, Emma, Candice LeRae, Natalia, Chelsea, Sonia, and Zoe. That's like 21 women to like 11. So all the women are just on, on, on raw and I get, you need a larger roster for larger time, but at some point you have to like, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to let it play out. I'm not going to critique it all that much. I'm, I'm excited to see this new era. I just, I, I'm just a little bit concerned with, with the product. I'll just be honest with you. Um, but that's that episode. That, oh, actually it's not, we gotta, we gotta do a, a one must go in today's episode. We're going to do one must go, and, and today's uh, subject is the four horse women. Of the following, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte, one must go, including their whole career. I think it's easy, but we're going to go through this. So we're going to go, we're going to go in order of my favorite to my least favorite. And, and, and how I would rank these. So Charlotte's number one. You cannot get rid of Charlotte. Charlotte is safe. Here's why. She's the best women's wrestler to ever lace a pair of boots in the WWE. I will stand by that statement. Charlotte is the best women's wrestler to ever wear a pair of boots. There's, there has been none better than her. She will go down as the best women's wrestler potentially of all time. You just don't get rid of that. And I know the critique is, oh, she's only there because of her dad. No, she's not. She maybe she maybe got a job because of her dad, but she's not a 14-time champion, greatest of all time, because her dad did anything about her career. Her dad may have got her the job, but her dad didn't wrestle the matches for her. Charlotte Flair put in the work. 
And for 10 years, uh, going on 11 years, she has put in, her, put in the work to become the best to ever do this. And I really feel that a lot of people who hate on Charlotte, I really feel that they hate on her because she, she didn't come through the indie scene. That, that's, that, that the best to ever do this didn't have to spend 20 years to get to where she's at. And I really feel there's a lot of bitterness to any wrestler that has to skip over the independence and immediately gets a job at WWE's Performance Center and NXT, right? But Charlotte's the best to ever do this. So second to me is... I'm going to be honest, it's Becky. I think Becky Lynch, for a while, was the biggest draw in the in the women's division while Charlotte was away. Right? I think, like, on SmackDown, we had Charlotte, and then Becky was on the other brand. And then when they swapped brands, they were always on opposite brands. I'm like, even now, they're on opposite brands. And I think Becky Lynch is still a draw. She's just not on TV... Like, like I think right now you could do a match between Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, and it would, it, it would, you know, it would tear the house down. People would enjoy it. I think Becky is completely overlooked by a lot of people. When you look at these four, I think a lot of people would put Becky and Charlotte as three and four. When I would have them as one and two, three is Bailey, and I think Bailey's safe for now. Right, out of these, like, like, I like Bailey. I think the heel gimmick is good. I just think it's stale. I think damage control is stale right now, and it's really not Bailey's fault. It's more of the booking where they just, they, they didn't do a good job. They put them in useless feuds. Bailey didn't get the run that, that needed to come because they wanted to protect Bianca, which I understand. But I, I out of these four, like, like Bailey's third to me. I, I just. I just never thought that she was the best. And when I look at it, I don't care about your in-ring ability, how good you can wrestle. I don't care about how many five-star matches you've put on. I want to know, can you draw tickets? And Bailey can draw, but I don't think she's a bigger draw than, than, than Becky, and I definitely don't think any of the three on this list is a bigger draw than Charlotte. Charlotte will put asses in seats and still put on a good match. Which, which gives you my answer. The one that has to go has to be Sasha Banks. She's the worst drawler out of the four. I don't think she can draw a dime, to be completely honest with you. And it's not that she's bad. I just don't think she's good at... First of all, I don't think she's good at promos. I think her, her, her promo style was annoying. Her voice was annoying. And, and I, I, think she, I think Sasha Banks thinks that she's bigger than the industry and that right there's so many people that like Sasha was misused in WWE I just don't think she could get over I don't think she connected with people and so Sasha goes out to the indies and 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 she thinks she's bigger than the business she's WWE does not need Sasha Banks Sasha Banks needs WWE be a hundred percent complete Completely honest with you. Be, keep it a hundred. Mercedes Fernando. Mercedes Monet. Whatever the fuck she's going by right now, right? 
does not make it to the level she's at right now if it wasn't for WWE. But I can guarantee you something. WWE damn sure did not need Mercedes Fernando and her comp and their company. It, she wasn't needed. And so sure, do your thing on the indies. Go to Japan. Do what you want to do. It, it doesn't make a, that big of a difference. If you erase Sasha Banks' career from the WWE universe, nothing happens. If you erase Bailey, you may make a few changes. If you erase Becky, there's a little bit more. But if you erase Charlotte, you erase the greatest woman's career of all time. It's insane if you remove, if you remove Charlotte. I think that's complete idiocy if you remove Charlotte from, from this list. So to answer the question, one must go. Of the four, of the four horse women, it's got to be Sasha. And I'll be honest, I like all four of them. I've cheered for all four of them at one time in my life of their career. But Charlotte has to be there. Becky has to be there. And it's almost a coin flip between the other two. But I like Bailey a little bit more than I have ever liked Sasha Banks. I just don't get the appeal, to be completely honest with you. I just don't get it. Sasha couldn't really sell as a heel. Or excuse me, as a face. And and when she's just not... She's one-dimensional. I don't think she's all that good. And I don't know if... I don't necessarily think you could blame booking if you just can't get yourself over. You have to do the best you can to protect your business. Uh, th- that's the one thing that, that that I believe in. Booking... Your booking may suck. But you still have the, the, the control to protect your business. Right? So, go out there, do the best you can do, and I just, I'll be completely honest. I'm not a fan of the bitching and moaning backstage. I think every, every one of the four has bitched and moaned at some point, but Sasha just comes off as like, I'm bigger than the business. Like, like she didn't come back to WWE because she wants Charlotte Flair money, and she's done absolutely dick to earn Charlotte Flair money. It's insane to sit here and demand money that you haven't earned. You you haven't done anything to, to, to give WWE reason to pay you Charlotte Flair money. So what the hell are you demanding it for? And any company that would pay her that is insane. I don't think WWE misses it one bit. I'll be completely honest with you. Alright, so let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear the feedback. Um, thank y'all for listening. This has been the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. Again, you can find me on Twitter and on TikTok at we 2 deep 413 That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank y'all for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.